In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. It's very easy at various times and places to think that you are all alone. You're going at things all by yourself. It's easy to forget that you are surrounded by family and friends, even during the most difficult of times, no matter what you are experiencing. Whether we realize it or not, the world is filled with people who are poor in spirit, people who are mourning the loss of loved ones, people who are meek, who hunger and thirst for righteousness' sake, but they can't ever seem to find it. The world is filled with merciful people, too, people who are pure in heart, people who make peace happen in the worst of times. The world is filled with sinners who can't stop sinning. If the little children can repeat after me, I am a sinner, then take note of that and say it yourself. The world is filled with people who can't stop sinning, but yet there are people who can't stop loving them. That's the whole thing about the Christian church. Everything that we have in this place, everything that we're about as Christians is one big paradox. It doesn't make sense. Oftentimes people come to me and say, Pastor, what about this versus that? What about that versus this? Doesn't make sense. And that's where we as Lutherans say, it's okay. It's a paradox. We're okay with the tension of not knowing a true answer or looking at things and saying, this doesn't make sense. Not so sure, think about this for a moment. Two things that seem to be contradictory and yet they are true at the same time. Jesus' death on the cross is his victory for you. His submission to the rulers of the world is his great triumph over them. When you look at life through the lens of the cross of Jesus, things actually start to make a little bit of sense. Because in this world, the suffering will not end and the mourning will not cease. We are not sitting here on All Saints Day with an empty list of people that we have lost over the last year. We're stuck in a broken and fallen world. But the fun thing, if there ever could be one, about being a Christian is, is that you've been given a promise and God has swore by himself to look out for you. That's what seems to be sort of one of the great tragedies of today. The lack of seeing anything outside our immediate experience. Our little circle of comfort, our little safe space, maybe as you will. All that we know and can see and feel right now is all that matters. But I will be the first one to tell you that you're absolutely wrong if you think that all the current chaos might actually work out just fine. Because maybe it has in the past and will in the future. I don't know. And according to Jesus, we're never given a guarantee in this life. The world has seen its fair share of plagues and political division. And at the end of the day, the people who went through that, their life was miserable. 
but it was still life. This whole thing about being a Christian is a paradox. Life can sometimes be joyful, sometimes it can be full of suffering. 21 years ago, I had the chance to live in northern Israel for about two and a half months. I was on an archaeological dig in Caesarea Philippi. We were about two miles from the Lebanese border and ten miles from the Syrian border. And those three countries, Israel, Lebanon, and Syria, were skirmishing over land in northern Israel. When I came home to our little kibbutz that we were staying in, it was an area that had been used as a fortress for the Six-Day War in 1967. We came home after a long, hot day in the archaeological field, and all of a sudden, the air raid siren went off. And all of a sudden, our hosts, the Israelis, came into our little apartments that we were in and said, come, come, you must go, you must go, And they rushed all of us down into a bunker underground. As this air raid siren was going off, we asked, what's going on? And they said, rockets are firing from Syria and from Lebanon. So here we are in this underground bunker, huddled in, about 40 to 50 Americans saying, this is crazy, this is weird. But yet up this staircase, the door was open, And we could hear kids playing and laughing on the local playground. Kids were talking to one another and laughing all the while while this air raid siren is going off. Life for us as modern Americans was halted and we were sheltered. But for the natives, eh, it was just another air raid, just another part of the struggle. Life is hard. Suffering is real. But there's also people there who, in the midst of all of that, are still enjoying life. Still enjoying the gifts that God has given to us. And that's really what All Saints Day really works out to be. There is more to this church, more to your life, more to the faith than just you trying to make this place your life and your faith, your own, or what you think it needs to be for others. There is something way more than renovation projects, craft shows, pandemics, Advent and Christmas schedules. You are part of something bigger. And our reading from Revelation today shows us what the church looks like. A great multitude from every nation, tribe, and people clothed in white robes, given to them in holy baptism, singing and gathered around the Lamb, around Jesus. But Jesus there looks like he's been slaughtered. But he lives. You see the paradox? There's always more to the picture. There's always more. And so it goes with you and the church. Keep looking. There's more. There's four living creatures around the throne and the Lamb. There's the promise that every tear will be wiped from your mourning eyes. That yes, you mourn but will be comforted. For the present darkness will not last forever. The fog will lift 
Death will be no more. And what becomes of you? No matter what you face, life has been given and even more. You will not vanish, but you will live even more than you live now in the new Jerusalem, in the heavenly city that Christ is preparing for you. But yet that also comes down to earth today with a place for you at the table today. Admittedly, we've had our fair share of funerals this past year as a congregation, but we've also had our fair share of baptisms. We've got a couple more coming up in the wings. I know several pastors who have churches without any children, who have people who are quite advanced in age. And as we take a look at ourselves as a church versus other places, we should never pride ourselves in our demographics or statistics. That's not how things work in the one holy Christian and apostolic church. Even in Revelation, 144,000 is a symbolic number, which then opens up to a great multitude that no one can number. And yet in a few moments, we will read specific names of every person who has died in this congregation within this past year, at least to the best of our knowledge. It's a wonderful book that we have in the office that contains the names of all these sorts of things. Baptisms, weddings, confirmations, funerals. It's kind of an interesting thing to really look at. And this is where the names have all come from that you will hear today. So if there's somebody we have forgotten, please forgive any kind of our clerical oversight. But it's interesting nonetheless in this book. There are people in there that no one remembers. And then there are people who you will hear today that everyone remembers. There are names that are going to be hard to hear, and there are names that you will hear that will inspire virtually nothing for you. But all of them lived out their faith in this place and were brought by Christ here, alive and dead. Why? Because blessed are the poor in spirit, and those who mourn are blessed. I think that's really kind of the interesting thing. We might look at funerals as being a decline in the church. But you'll also notice one of the things that we, we, when we have people die is that we don't just chuck them off. We don't just dispose of them. Why not? Because we love these people just as Jesus loves these people. And we remember these people because they are our people and they belong to us and us to them even though we may have not known them. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. You knew I was going to throw that in there. One of the interesting things that some of the pastors in our by circuit are actually talking about, don't freak out when you hear this, is we're talking about trying to buy some land to open up the first ever Lutheran cemetery in Little Rock. Why? Because there's no place available in the city. You have to go out to Benton or Bryant or some of these other places 
20 some odd minutes, a half hour sometimes, to bury our beloved ones, which is perfectly fine. But we've also talked about coming together as churches around that wonderful victory that we have in Christ Jesus and hopefully providing a place and a way for all of us as churches together for a place to bring our beloved dead to their final resting place. Because on that day, that final day, they will be raised to see the Lamb just like you and I will see the Lamb. We don't just throw them away when they die. We take care of them and put them away for safekeeping. Why? Because you will be comforted as the church has been comforted. Rejoicing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is also your resurrection. The first commonly held properties in the church were cemeteries, not buildings. And they doubled as a place to meet for worship. Eating and drinking the mystical supper of Jesus in the midst of those they loved who had died in the faith. And this is still how we meet today. Rejoicing before the Lamb's throne, coming down to us at this altar today, giving a small taste of the feast that is to come with all of the saints here and there, the great ones and the everyday ones, the runs returning from the bomb shelter, all while the other ones are playing at the playground as the air raid sirens of life blast. The ones who rejoice and the ones who mourn. All of you in every little nook and cranny of life here together around he who wipes away all tears and promises that where he is, you will be also reunited with all the faithful departed and seated around the Lamb in his kingdom, which reigns forever. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.